Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mott. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mott. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to College Soccer Nation. My name is Matt Mott. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. Uh, we've got a great episode tonight. Real excited about our guest and Robbie Church from Duke. Uh, but certainly I always want to bring in uh, the co-host, the other co-host, Chris Petroselli. Chris, how you doing on this fine Monday evening? Well, Matt, I'm really excited. Uh, not only that we have Robbie, but uh, we have exceeded 1,000 downloads. So yes. somewhere out there, there are, I don't know, are hundreds of people who are <laughs> listening to this show I, I, somehow I don't know it's definitely uh, the guests it's definitely the guests yeah so and I we added uh, I think we're up to 11 countries now so we just added Algeria somehow there's someone in Algeria who's yeah. listening to us I, I don't know who that is but we're happy to have them for sure absolutely um, let me tell you um just a, a quick little story about uh, about the podcast um I said to one of my players, the other day, uh, Sam Estrada, I don't know if you know Sam's a goalkeeper. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, just a, a, a real nice kid. And and I said to her, hey, Sam, have you uh, listened to our podcast? And she said, why would I do that? And I go, <laughs> what do you mean? Why would you do that? She goes, I got to listen to you two hours a day. Why would I have to listen to you any more than two hours a day? So I don't think the players are listening, Matt. No, I can't. Not one of my players has mentioned it. I don't see one of them mention it. I don't know. Sure, I'm going to tell them it's out there. But I, I can I can see where they would get sick of listening to us. Our assistants get sick of listening to us. But, you know, BB's still dialing in every week. So, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a loyal listener. So that's a positive for sure. He needs more work. You need to give him more work. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, how about this? Uh, we, we want to talk a little bit about this uh, NCAA dead period. Uh-huh. Right, that's been going on since COVID started uh, back in March. And the dead period for us mean, means that we can't go out and watch any games and recruit. We can't bring anybody onto campus. We can still, you know, have uh, phone calls and, and things like that, but there's no real contact with, with uh, these uh, players that are juniors in high school and seniors in high school. And, and now there's uh been some talk about even a possible extension of the dead period. So um, let me ask you, like, how are you handling this? Like, how are you guys handling this in recruiting and, and how is it affecting these kids and that kind of thing? Yeah, it's difficult, right? And it's, and, and obviously and we, you know, it's for obviously men's and women's soccer, but it's for all the sports, right? All, all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, softball, every, every sport can't recruit. So it, I think it's really difficult for the 21s that, you know, maybe we're hoping they were going to have a good season and that was going to help them propel them into a, a spot. Um, and then certainly the 22s. I mean, I know a lot of us are recruiting 22s, but we haven't seen them in six months. You know, a lot of them weren't able to come to campus. We were hoping to have official visits and unofficial visits and uh, and we're not able to do that. And so, you know, a lot of it is over Zoom and and those kind of things. But it's, it's really difficult. I feel bad for the players. I really do. I think it's tough for us as coaches to make commitments to players, um, you know, financial commitments to them without seeing them for six months or even longer, maybe ever. 
Um, so, you know, video has been a big thing. I think a lot of clubs have done a good job of, of, of sending videos of, of their games and trying to help that way as much as they can. I do know, you know, a number of players are, are starting to commit now. And I think um, there's some risk, risk there for sure, both sides. But, um, you know, I don't know how you do it, Chris. Uh, what, what are they doing in Dallas? Yeah, there's not been a lot of movement, honestly, with with the players in in Dallas. I think a that's good here. Yeah, a little bit here uh, recently, but uh, you know, the, the, look, we're open and we're playing. You know, the teams are playing and their games going on and and all of that. Everybody's playing except for us, if, uh, I feel like. And um, you know, so the ki- the kids are out there playing. Uh, I, I am interested in you know if this is going to extend because honestly, I was a little concerned about uh, January. Uh, opening this thing up in January and just from on a, you know, on personal standpoint, like us starting our season being in in a preseason period in January and then recruiting opening back up in January. And I didn't quite know how we were going to handle it. And that still might happen. We, you know, we don't know that that's not going to happen, but I do think for the teams that were playing in the spring, that was going to be a little bit difficult to handle, you know, getting their team together, playing games, dealing with all of that. And then also having to jump back into the recruiting race. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the COC will make a recommendation to the board of governors and the board of governors makes the rule. That's one thing, again, we've figured out over COVID is how all this stuff works, but you know, we do have some people that are connected to some of the people on the COC and, and they're saying April 1st is a legitimate possibility of when they may, may push it to April 1st and look at it again. But I, you know, I look at it, Personally, again, this is just my Matt Mott's opinion, which means nothing in anywhere. But the bottom line is um, what's going to change between now and January 1 and then between January and April is, you know, the the, 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 the amount of people being positive are rising. The numbers are rising again. You know, that doesn't look like there's any vaccine coming anytime soon. They certainly want to protect some of the indoor sports, especially basketball. So, again, I don't know anything, but I know talking to some people that have connection to the COC, there's some concerns there of worried about basketball. And, and I think that's legitimate, right? And they're not going to, they're not going to harm those indoor sports um, by bringing people onto campus and into the indoor facilities and, and all that kind of stuff when we may be back at the height of it without any kind of answer. So it's tough. I mean, we, we could be, we, we probably are legitimately looking at a full year without recruiting. Uh, and yeah, then obviously possible. there's a financial piece to this, you know? So anyway, that's, that's possible for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The other thing we wanted to talk about uh, in this, in this first segment is uh, the NCAA tournament in the, you know, right now it looks like 17 at large bids, right? If all 31 conferences um, decide to play and, and that's certainly not decided yet, but if they decide to play and they all have an AQ, then it allows 17 at large bids. And, and that becomes, to me really tricky for the committee for how you're going to select those teams. Um, you know, if everybody continues to stay all conference based and, and mainly just playing conference games, how do you, how do you choose between the different teams as, as you get into figuring out only 17, as opposed to, you know, 33 with, with us, you know, people playing cross conference and everything else like it normally is. Well, um, I think, I think certainly it's going to be difficult for the committee, but you know, it's always difficult for the committee. Those last few bids, no matter how many of them there are, there's always someone who gets left out or just gets left out. And there's always somebody who's upset about it and feels like they should have been in and that kind of thing. So you're going to have that no matter what. Um, I will, I will say this, um, you know, over the last uh, six weeks or so with the games that have been going on, 
I feel like I've watched a lot of games. In fact, pretty much what I do Thursday until Sunday, uh, I, I watch games. Um, and I feel pretty confident in saying to you, Matt, that if, if you're on the committee and you're out watching the games um, and you consider, in the, you consider the results that have taken place so far or will take place before the end of the, the fall here and, and through the spring, if you actually watch the games – I think it's pretty, it's, I don't, I don't want to say easy, but it's easier. I, mm-hmm. I think it can be done. I think it can be done the same way that it's always been done. You know, you can look at it across the board and say, okay, that I got to find 17 teams. You know, here are the potential teams that are out there. I've seen this team play five or six times. I've seen this team play. I look at who they've beaten. I look at who they've lost to. I don't really have the RPI to go, to go by because without, you know, those non-conference games, you don't have it. Um, but we all know the RPI is flawed anyway. So mm-hmm. I do think, you know, it's for me, it's like it's the eye test, right? You know, does the team pass the eye test where, you know, in the past, maybe we've had the nerd test. You know, the nerd test had the the RPI and the computer and, <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. And now it's the eye test. And what's the eye test telling you? I do think you can have a, a pretty good idea if you watch the games. And I think that's the has to be the responsibility uh, of the people that are on the committee. They have to watch the games. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I, I agree with almost everything you've said. The, the trick becomes, you know, obviously, we're in, the, we're in the fall and there's 50 teams playing, right? And, and you're watching the ACC games and the Big 12 games and the SEC games and, you know, maybe some of the Sunbelt games or whatever it is. So you're getting five or six game, looks at Duke and five or six looks at, at Florida State and at, you know, Vanderbilt, whoever. So are you going to be able to do that in the spring? Are you going to get five or six games of those guys? And, and as, as the committee, it's going to be difficult, I think, when they start to play, how much we're able to watch. Obviously, I'm playing right now, so I don't watch as many games as you watch. Um, you know, how the spring pans out will be really interesting to see. But I, I totally agree with you. If you're able to watch the games, but you, to be fair, you have to watch all the games, right? You, you don't, you have, you to, don't have to watch all the games. Not, maybe not all of them, but you have to watch all the, the top teams and then have to – Well, how many people are on the, the committee? Ten. I mean, like ten people should be able to watch a lot of games. I know, but if you if you watch if you watch a game, let's just say you watch a team in the Pac-12. So you watch Cal, yeah. Okay, and I watch Michigan, and somebody else yeah. on the committee watches Tennessee. Yeah. How do you quantify between those three? You think well, Cal's think the best? As, I think Michigan's the best, and they no, think Tennessee's the best. I, I think as time goes on, you're starting to narrow, and you're starting. I'm saying to you, hey Matt, you need to watch this team. You know, you need to watch this team's mm-hmm. next game, and you're saying I need to watch that team's next game. I, I, I do think there's a way to do it without sort of this, uh, you know, arbitrary decision of we're going to take you know so many teams from this league and so many teams from this league and and, and that kind of thing because from year to year it varies so much, you know. And it do, no, I, I, listen, the idea. We don't we don't have a way we're going to do it yet. There's no this haven't been decided. But you know, if you start looking at regionally, and this region gets four four teams, and that region gets three teams, or whatever, seventeen bids go very very fast, sure very they. fast. And and you have some powerhouses conferences, right? The the ACC is a powerhouse, and they get eight to ten every single year. Um, you know, and and so on and so forth. So, but if you start looking at it, if you have a you just do the math real quick. If you have power five, right? You take the power five, you give each of them four. That's 20. We're already over. That's no AAC, WCC. The, the, 
So figuring out and, you know, Big East, you name it. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams out there. So it's going to be very difficult. Sure. You kind of making it sound easy. It's not going to be easy. Um, no, and I no RPI easy. is really I said, difficult. I'm not saying easy. See, this is this is the thing. You, like, <laughs> you try to put words in my mouth. I didn't say easy. I That's said it I can't heard. be done. It can be done. Yeah, sure. It's gonna. It's gonna be done. Like it's gonna. It's gonna have to be done. Certainly well, I hope it's done, done by people watching the games. That's what but I hope. I agree with that. But the the no RPI is really a really a kicker uh, because yeah, that does is. start again, to make it's, it smaller. It's been controversial. You know. Yes, I think that's it. a conversation for another another day. The RPI. Sure. We need to have that conversation. But sure. without it, is it? It just takes another tool out of your toolbox to make the, to build the house. Oh, how good was, was good. that, Chris? That, Seriously, that was, no, was, that was, was that good? That was, how, how long? I was going to go golf club. <laughs> I was going to go golf club, have the golf bag, and maybe you don't break 100. <laughs> no, I don't know. But anyway, okay. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. It's that time of time of day again or time of the show again where we bring in the man with too many words. And, Chris, I have something before we bring him in that's really exciting. We made a deal that if we got past five episodes, he would buy a microphone yes. for his computer. And he's got a new microphone. <laughs> so a few good messages, Bradley. But here's the thing, Chris. Okay, ready for this? He says to me today, Darren, our producer, does a great job for us. Sent him a link of one that looked really good. And uh, he, I said, just go to Best Buy, Brian. Go to Best Buy. You'll find one, so on and so forth. He says to me, can I expense it? To the podcast. <laughs> he wants us to pay for it. These are his few minutes that he's on. And it's unbelievable. Hey, and when he gets on and you listen to him, he couldn't have spent more than $10 on that thing. <laughs> now, go ahead, Darren. You got yeah, tell, tell Brian, send that expense right to me. I will take care of it, and it'll be in the, in the mail yeah, sooner than you can expect. There you <laughs> That's go. very nice. Yeah. Um, so anyway, without further ado, Brian, welcome to the show. Brian and his new microphone. Well, yes. yeah, yeah. Hopefully I'm clear as day. As I, said, I hear Chris say we're in Algeria. <laughs> You're running a podcast that's going to Algeria. Lord knows you can expense a $29 microphone. <laughs> You've hit the big time. You've hit the big yes. time. But I, I, along the way there, I think Chris called me an RPI nerd. Kind of. I think he did too. I think I, he did. I, did. I think I did. He did too. And, and, but it's, admit it. It's true. It is true. I love the RPI, but you know what I love more? The idea of the committee watching the games. That's something that's been missing forever. I don't really understand it. If you're on the committee, you should watch the games. Of the key teams. There's not that many teams. Especially. I don't know. Matt says well, you're gonna, they're going to have to watch 300 teams play. Brian, quit moving around. Watch everybody it's, play. They got to watch Brian, everybody quit, play. Quit moving around too. Your microphone's screwing up. So quit dancing around. Stay, stay settled for God's sakes. All right, let's go. Um, All right, let's go. Him, Chris. Yeah, let's go. Here we go. Um, let's talk about some games and and some teams in in the different leagues. We'll start. Uh, we'll start in in the Big Twelve. Um, for me, the the big game there was uh, Kansas and and Oklahoma State in sort of a title elimination game, right? And Kansas comes through with a one, one nil win, uh, puts themselves into a position as a contender, uh, along with, um, TCU and, and West Virginia. It pretty clearly, don't you think at this point, it's down to those three and yeah. the Kansas, Oklahoma state game. If you took Colin and Mark Francis and, and had them coach any team across the country, it was going to look a lot like that. They were, yeah able to have a, a bit of a coaching stalemate, took a penalty to win it. I don't think Kansas had another shot on goal, uh, but the, but they got the three points and, and put, them, put themselves in position with just a couple games left. 
And you told me you also watched Texas and, and Iowa State. I did. I did. I've got I've got an early vote for Matt Fannin as uh, the hire of the year. And, you know, to, to be fair, I was a little disappointed in Texas. Despite winning 1-0, you know, that, that's a game where, you, you know, you line up the 22 players who start the game and the top 11 recruits are wearing orange and Fannin's got the next 11. And I thought he did a great job. And and for Texas so far this year, the 500 in the league, they're 3-3. Three and three. It's these next three games for them. They're not going to see the top teams necessarily. It's a bunch of the teams just below them, and it's going to be make or break time for their season and, and any chance to stay on the fringes of the NCAAs. But more than anything, I, I was so impressed with how Fannin had I, Iowa State organized and I know him from a couple emails and meeting him once in person, but uh, I think he's doing a fantastic job out of the gate. Great. So they're they're uh, they're playing, you know, a round robin within the league, and and they don't have a tournament in the fall. And um, at this point, they've I think they've decided that the their automatic qualifier will come from whoever wins the league in the fall. Um, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, back up. The Big Twelve's not doing a tournament. They are not. They oh are wow. Not. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whoever win, whoever finishes first in the fall is is what it looks like, and and then some automatic. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, then some at large bid, bids, and and again, I think you know West Virginia, TCU, Kansas, right now are 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 in pretty good position. Um, okay, on to uh, the ACC. Um, the big game was Florida State and uh, Virginia. Um, in a in a goal fest, you know, four uh, three to Florida State. Florida State in control in the first half, uh, up three to one. Um, and I think over over the course of the game, at least maybe three goals were scored uh, on corners. Um, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Uh, in the end, Florida State prevails and 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 probably deserved to win. Uh, probably deserved to win. But uh, you know, good game, Virginia. Um, with many of their players back and they looked a different team. It's, it's the best that, that I've seen them play so far. Well, Virginia is a great example of the COVID season to me and the challenge that that selection committee you guys talked about is going to have, you know, on, with their best team out, clearly they're one of the top 15 to 20 teams in the country minimum, if not top 10, uh, but they look a total different team as they're getting players back but what are they getting them back for now? Three, four more games and then a tournament, hopefully, if they get in the ACC tournament. So there is interesting a team when we start talking spring NCAA tournament um, as we've got out there playing this fall. And then, uh, you know, the the next group and that we need to mention, obviously, North Carolina kind of cruising on uh, on the weekend and doing what they do. Uh, Duke and Clemson, both in, I think, in good position, have put themselves in in good position. So, you know, for me, those those five are are uh, in a really good place. Um, after that, it gets tough. You know, it's a little bit of a toss up from there on out. You said, I think you said you watched Clemson and Notre Dame, and and were were impressed with both teams, correct? I was definitely. <laughs> on a normal year, those are two lock NCAA teams. I think with with what we're looking at, with seventeen at large bids. I think they're both in good position, not safe as can be. And 
And they're both going to be in this spot where they've got to approach the spring season and how they schedule any games or the rest of their games is, is going to be really important. And I don't even know the right answer right now, but they're going to be somewhere between 13 and 20 as they start perusing those at-large bids. And what they do in the spring is going to be important because they're not going to win the at-large bid with North Carolina, Virginia, uh, and Florida State wandering around the ACC tournament. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting deal for those teams in the spring. Like, you know, they're talking about wanting to play non-conference games. The question is, who are they going to play? And, you know, especially with the 132 days, they may start their season later. Everybody else may be playing conference games at that point. And, you know, I know, you know, we'll be playing conference games. We'll be playing a conference game every weekend. And I can tell you that, you know, I don't want to play any of those teams on a Thursday before I play a conference game on a, on a Sunday. So it may be tough for them to get those non-conference games. For sure. They're going to end up playing ACC teams again. Playing each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of, lot more in conference spring games have become at large, uh, you know, games of consequence. Uh, And, but it takes two to tango. Someone's got to accept that game as well. And if you're in a better position to make the NCAA tournament than the team asking to play, I'm not sure you're going to say yes. Just what, uh, just what Robbie wanted, right? Four more games against Carolina. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, I've seen his team enough. If, uh, now, they do like the drama, the Blue Devils, but they do. sort themselves out just fine. Yeah. Okay, in the SEC, um, I guess the big game was uh, South Carolina and Arkansas. South Carolina coming on um, – coming up with a big win, a huge win for them that that really puts them in, in a good spot and, and puts a, a little bit of a chink in the armor of Arkansas who had, had been doing so well. Um, not, not the prettiest of games, not the prettiest of games. You know, uh, South Carolina is, is always a team that, you know, they get ahead, they lock it down, they make it hard for you to score. Arkansas is, you know, bombing forward and things like that, and it didn't make for, you know, for an overly pleasing game to the eye, but certainly effective for – uh, for South Carolina to come out of there with a win. Yeah, two teams that are in contention, really, along with Texas A&M to win the SEC regular season. And if you want a recipe for a boar fest, get Arkansas together with South Carolina and say it's 2-1 South Carolina with 20 minutes left. Nobody's better at draining a game than South Carolina. Extremely well coached. You're not getting in behind them. Uh, it was going to take a loose ball for Arkansas, who arguably had the slight run of the game uh, to get back in it. But that's a big three points for South Carolina, and and we'll see where these next three, four games go. And then, you know, A&M with a good win against uh, Mississippi State. And and I think, we you know, we got to give some credit to Auburn, um, you know, and, and, and Karen Hoppe. I mean, you know, every year – Every year you're saying, well, this might be the year where Auburn's a little bit down. This might be the year where they're a little bit down. And, and they're never down. You know, they're, they're always good. They're always finding ways to win. Um, they're always, you know, hard to beat. And they had a real good win uh, against Georgia, who had been flying, um, you know, played down a, down a player for, for 35 minutes. And in, in the course of, of um, five or six days, you know, they won two games. And after being, you know, in quarantine for a while and, and they didn't play for, for 25 days straight. And, and they came up with, with two big wins. So um, certainly congratulations to them. Well, it starts with Karen's one of the best coaches in the country. You know, every year you say, whatever your team shows up, you got mine, I got yours. 
who's going to, who's going to come out in front. And, and Karen's one of those coaches who could beat you with hers, but she might be able to beat you with yours as well. And to do this in their COVID situation where they didn't practice for a couple of weeks was with multiple players and half their starting lineup is freshmen. They, they get a red card on the keeper on a little breakaway, pulled the kid down. Fair enough, red card. And they managed it quite well uh, to limit Georgia maybe one chance with 11 on 10 the last 20 minutes or so in the game. And and uh, she's just doing a fantastic job, but she always does, doesn't she? Yeah, for sure. So that's a, you know, there's an interesting um, dynamic going on there because of the, you know, the those top four teams get a double bye, you know, in, in the tournament. Uh, because it's a a fourteen team tournament, and you know you got to feel I guess pretty comfortable with Arkansas and a and m and and South Carolina, but you know we we discussed a little bit last night who is going to be that fourth team, and there's i don't know five or six teams that could be the fourth team, and that's a that's a big advantage to get that you know that four spot in in the s e c tournament oh it, it, without a doubt it, it, the s e c tournament's already a ten team slog in a regular se- uh, a regular season. But basically, they've set up a baseball tournament, a double elimination baseball tournament. And if you're not one of those top four seeds, that it's always hard to, to come beyond their top six seeds normally. But now it's it's almost impossible. You're just playing to get the extra couple games at the end of the year. So whoever can get that fourth fourth spot, and I have no idea who it's going to be at the, at this point. I couldn't even begin to to give a guess. Because in, in the SEC is the one league where every game's been close, and the parity in the league is is really really high from top to bottom. There's no bottom dwellers, but there's also not North Carolina, Florida State running around where you know it's going to take a miracle. Um, so that, the SEC will be the most entertaining team top, or league top to bottom coming down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. And let's just uh, quickly mention you know we haven't spent a lot of time on on the Sun Belt, but they are playing. Right. And it uh, looks like uh, Arkansas State is, has clinched the West as they have an East and a West. And um, in the East, it's still up for grabs. It looks like Georgia State, South Alabama, Coastal Carolina all have a chance to win in the East. Um, so that's that's kind of up for grabs as well. But those teams uh, are to be doing a good job. Well, Sun Belt, Fun Belt, most of those teams have been all in. They're, they're playing 12 to 15 games. This is really their season. It's not so much a split season with the spring. They're going for it, and they haven't had many games postponed uh, from a COVID side of things as well. And if I'm picking a team in the East, South Alabama, we, we mentioned Colin Carmichael and Mark Francis. They both came out of South Alabama. Graham Winkworth over at Arizona State's from South Alabama. That program's got a long storied history uh, uh, of doing quite well. Did you just say Sunbelt Funbelt? I did say Sunbelt Funbelt. <laughs> I've heard that before. You have not I watch either. ESPN more. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I go. didn't know. So this is interesting to me, Chris. You know, um, Brian's got this new microphone. I'm not sure it sounds much better. I'm wondering if he had the picker go get it for him. Like did oh, Todd probably. find it? You know, yeah. Todd find it at it's some been garage in Todd's sale. garage for yeah, like ten exactly. years, right? But wait to sell it. He Brian finally got buy it from, yeah. from him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Brian bought it, shipped it to him. <laughs> now, what, what you guys don't know 50 is, cents. <laughs> is I've got Todd reselling it already when the season ends. <laughs> it's already up. It's just wait, hey, wait, Todd ain't paying for shipping. You're paying for the shipping. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> he may he may drive he may drive down to Houston to pick it up from you. <laughs> oh God, yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Anything else, Chris? Those I think Brian. that's it. Thanks, Brian. Brian, any right. comments on the real quick? We'll give you one more quick minute. Any comments on the uh, the way to pick the seventeen? Uh, large. Hey. The, the bottom line is the committee has to watch the games for the first time. You don't have mm-hmm. the most sophisticated eye. I know in in the lesser sports or the non-revs that administrators can get on the committee as kind of a resume builder to eventually be on the basketball committee or or something like that, which is which is all fine. But it doesn't take a trained eye to watch Virginia and know they're better than the middle of the pack Big 12 and SEC teams. You know, if you really get to watch. And so to me, that's the key. It's more than ever. The committee's got to watch the games, come up with uh, educated opinions. And as Chris said earlier, their opinions are as good as the RPI when it comes down to it. I love the RPI. Every coach is out there trying to beat the RPI with our scheduling. However, the trained eye watching games can pick the best teams. And what about the, what about the dead period real quick? Uh, yeah, I'm very conflicted on the on the dead period i don't totally understand why d2 and d3 can be out recruiting and d1 is not so if it's a COVID issue to to why that's not approved for division one then we're putting d2 and d3 coaches in unsafe situations uh if it's financial that's a different different story and let's just be transparent about it okay very good. Very good, Brian. As usual, we appreciate your time on College Soccer Nation. Download it at any of your places to get podcasts, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Podbeam, as we use a lot. Any, any of those we want to download and listen to Brian. He's still in the lead on his downloads, which is shocking us all. But we appreciate you being on, Brian, again, as usual. I'm going to sit back and listen to the uh, godfather of Division One yes. coaching, Robbie Church. Spin a yarn. This guy can tell a story. Can't wait. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, let's move on then. I guess he. I guess Brian can introduce him himself. And, you know, again, he's taking over the show, Chris. He's taking he does, over the but, show. <laughs> uh, we're uh, certainly really excited to add in our next guest to the, the, uh, the ones we've had already. Uh, but uh, he's the mayor. He's the mayor of women's soccer in this country where there's no question – um, he's a wonderful guy, great coach, does an excellent job at Duke. And I got to read this quote I just got uh, over text messages. Ali Kikorian said, and I quote, Robbie Church is the nicest coach in college soccer, which includes her father. So uh, I think we would all agree with that. Uh, but Robbie, welcome to the show. Welcome to College Soccer Nation. Thanks, guys. It's a it's a it's a real honor to be here with you guys. I think uh, <laughs> I mean, I've enjoyed the opening part of it, but look forward to uh, to my part here too. But no, seriously, thanks for having me. Well, we 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 have this is episode number six. We have five others. You could probably skip episode two. That's with Brian, uh, but the one with Mark's good. The one with uh, the one with Todd's good. Uh, and the one last week uh, with uh, with our SMU coach Kevin was was excellent. So, listen, my first question is: We're going to put you on the hot spot right away. What is easier, winning the ACC or making the College Cup? Um, they're both they're both very difficult. <laughs> um, you know, I'll take the political answer right down the middle, but I think winning the ACC when you got to go through that grind. Every, every year when you have to go, depends on the years, you end, you end up in Tallahassee or you end up in Charlottesville or, or playing in Chapel Hill. And then you always have another one or two teams. You have Eddie this year, Clemson really having great years. 
that, that comes through. Louisville, Louisville's the most underrated team, I think, in our conference. Really, Karen's done an unbelievable job there. Notre Dame, as you guys just talked about. Uh, you know, and then he keeps you in and great, great teams at Wake Forest. So, when you, you know, you fight the top three, and then every year you have probably two to three teams that are having really good years. They're either seniors on a team. they got players who can play up front, score goals. And so it's, and there's, there's a challenge there for about six teams every year that you got to go through that gauntlet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chris? Robbie, so you're, uh, you're a North Carolina guy, right? You grew up in uh, Greensboro, right? Um, Smith High School, is that right? No, no, I actually went to high school in Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta. I went to a place called Woodward Academy. I boarded there, though. My family lives in Greensboro. But ah. I boarded at Woodward for four years. Um, absolutely had a fantastic time. Oh, uh, okay. So you're an Atlanta guy, kind of, not really. But I live in Greensboro all my yeah. life. Born in Greensboro, time, a place that you spend a lot of your time. Yes, uh, yes. In G-Borough. In, in G. Burroughs. So, uh, yeah, no, North Carolina person for sure. And so right down the road from Duke, basically, right? You're 45 minutes or so from, from Duke is where you grew up. Yeah. So uh, is it fair to say that, that Duke was sort of a, a dream job for you? Uh, no question about it. It even gets better. I had my uncle that went to Duke. So he used to come and pick me up. He lived up in North Wilkesboro. And he used to come and pick me up when I was three and four years old. And we would go to football games and we would go to basketball games. Um, I was probably the only Duke guy in the whole elementary school. Everybody else was, was uh, Carolina, NC State. Um, and I was the only Duke person in, uh, in elementary school. So, yeah, every day I wake up and I go to my dream job. I'm one really, really lucky person. <laughs> And when so the time comes, you're you're uh, coaching at, at Vanderbilt at the time, I guess. And uh, uh, Billy Hebben decides to go skiing out in Colorado, and and he takes a, he takes a job out there, and that job opens up, right? So tell me about uh, about that time in your life a little bit. Yeah, that was that was very interesting, um, you know, because I was originally at Duke with on the men's side with John Rennie for a year. It was uh, it was John. Ken Chartier, Eric Voller, myself. I was a volunteer coach, and I think around 84, and that was before the women's side started. I left Duke to go to, Van, uh, to, go to Belmont Abbey. I was still on the men's side, and I was coaching at Belmont Abbey, and Billy came in and took my place at Duke. And then two years later, they started the women's program. And when Billy, Bill being there, they gave him the job. And what a fantastic job Bill did with the program. Um, starting from scratch, turning into a national contender, you know, playing a national championship game. So, um, you know, things have changed. I was down at Lynn, came back with Charlotte Country Day, where I started coaching women, then ended up at UNC Charlotte for five years, and then I was two years at Vanderbilt. We love Vanderbilt. Nashville's a great town. Vanderbilt's a wonderful school. We were living in Franklin, Tennessee, both of our kids. Um, Ashley was in high school. Kyle was, Kyle was in middle school, and we probably wouldn't have gone anywhere else but Duke. My family, as we said earlier, is from Greensboro. Linda, my wife's family, is from High Point. And uh, when Bill called, I remember, I remember when he called, he goes, he goes, Robbie, I think I'm leaving. You know, <laughs> with a heavy heart. And I was like, holy cow, you mean Duke is opening up? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, yeah, and we're going to, you know, we're going to push you hard. Would you be interested in coming back? And this was late. This was like the end of, I think it was the end of middle of June, end of June. 
Um, so it was late in the year and he was finishing up camps and they made a family decision to move, uh, to move his family kind of back uh, to the West and uh, stopped in Colorado for a while or where they still are. And so the call then it worked out. I, I flew back. John Rennie picked me up at the airport. You know, I, I spent the day at school, Chris Kennedy. So there was a lot of people were still there. Cause I think it was probably about five or six years when I was there for the year. So, you know, I made some very good contacts the first time working with John and being on the men's side. And I and then didn't lose those contacts because as most people know, I'm a huge Duke basketball fan and I still had season <laughs> tickets and I was flying in from Nashville and they were like, this guy's crazy. We got to get this guy this job. <laughs> flying in, he's driving from Charlotte. I was in UNC. I'm bringing my kids. It's 11 o'clock at night. We, you know, we got to help this guy. We got to get him this job. And so I think it was just the, the assistant coach there and myself. Um, I don't think that will happen right now. If, that, if Duke opened up, it'd just be two, two people with candidates. And so, um, Chris Kennedy called me and said, uh, would you like to come back to Durham? And I, I, I almost fainted before I said yes, but I did say yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, that. A great story. Um, it came back. For, the, for those of yeah. us that are – oh, you know, like I say. Yeah, for those of the listeners that aren't familiar with Robbie or don't get to go to the recruiting – um, tournaments like we do. Robbie is absolutely, I said it earlier, he's the mayor of, of women's soccer. So when you see Robbie on the fields, Robbie, your teams are always so good, but I don't understand how, I know recruiting is different for you than a lot of people because everybody wants to go to Duke, right? But yeah. when you see Robbie at the fields, he's never able to watch games because everybody's always talking to him. Like I always feel guilty, Chris, when I like go to say hello to him because he's always, you know, run from field to field. But here, here's more of the important part. And this is, is this is maybe it's typical of the age. I don't know. You two are both much older than I am, but neither one of these guys are ever prepared for recruiting events ever. So it may be freezing cold and there's Robbie in shorts and a short sleeve shirt, or it's hot as it can be. And Robbie's wearing a jacket. Chris is wearing a sweatshirt. Chris never has a chair. Robbie never has a chair. It's pouring rain. Chris doesn't have an umbrella. And so I don't know if it's the age or you guys are just trying to be cool or tough or whatever, but you know, I've got chairs. I've got, I got umbrellas. I've got food packs, snacks, you name it. But, uh, these guys it's all about are not- Matt's comfort. I always right. said that. Matt's comfort comes before anything. We do know you have snacks because when I get hungry, I come your way. I say, yeah. I'm looking. There's Matt. But I'm going over there and get, get a snack. But Robbie is definitely the mayor, and uh, and he gets uh, he does such a good job. But what I have a question, real quick, Robbie. The reason I am a college soccer coach is because of Coach K. When I grew up in '84, Johnny Dawkins and those guys, I was only I was young, unlike you guys back then. I was like, I want to coach, like a college coach. That's what I want to do. I want to be Mike Shashevsky. But obviously, I went into soccer. Coach K was my hero back then. Johnny Dawkins, all those guys that used to play. But give us uh, give us your best Coach K story, if you don't mind sharing. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, he's great. He, he's, he's wonderful. We don't see each other a lot. We have different buildings, and mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're a lot of coaching um, – coaching councils with, with each other uh, at, at Duke. But, you know, when he came and talked to us, um, I, I, I won't ever forget that. He, he talked to us before we went to the, uh, to the, the finals uh, in 2011, and that was in Atlanta, our first time when Billy was with us. And, and he met with the team. He met in the room. He, we met in the, uh, the, the coaches' lounge down in Cameron, and it was just a wonderful experience. And everybody was at all. I mean, every I looked at the girls, and their mouths are just wide open, looking at the floor. And he would, 
He was, you know, giving us his best speech. He was telling us how many times he's been there and how tough it is to be in the final four. And you can't hold back, you know, you, you, you can't hold back. You've got to let, you got to play as hard as you can. You got to take one, the semifinal games and the final and the final game. And he was, inspiration was great. Everything that you wanted to say to the coach, he said it. And he came out in, in, in the Coach K way. His eyes were all beady, and they looked down at us. He looked at us over there, and he was like, give them hell. Don't give them, you know, don't give them an inch out there. Go kick them. Go kick them. If you, if you have to, you do what you got to to win. And, it, and everybody was like, I think we ran out of the camera, and we ran halfway to Atlanta before the bus, <laughs> met, before the bus met us. And we, oh, we got to get in the bus to drive to, drive to Atlanta. And I remember uh, after the game was over, and, um, we, you know, we won the first game against Wake, and then we were playing against Stanford in the finals, and, and it was a great game, a great game. They scored a goal early in the second half to go up one nothing, and we're just pushing, and we're throwing people forward. We had one back, ten forwards at the end of the game, and we're serving balls in, and, you know, game ended, and, and uh, they won one nothing. So I was on the way back, and the phone rang, and, it, you know, I had my – of course, I felt cool because I had Coach K came across my phone there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, girls, Coach K's calling me over here. <laughs> Robert Lyon, Coach K. So, uh, so uh, you know, he, he was like, he was like, Robbie, don't go jump off the Duke Chapel. You guys got a hell of a year. Don't jump off the chapel. You'll win it soon. So, Coach, I'm still waiting to win it. Um, I haven't quite done that yet. But, uh, no, he's always been fantastic. He's always been fantastic to our program. And he's obviously he's been just an icon in the world of college basketball. Absolutely. World basketball. Hey, Robbie, um, is it possible you could come on every week and we could just get a Brian? Yes, please, <laughs> please, please. We keep trying. We keep offering that microphone? up. If you got, if I get a microphone, <laughs> can you send me a microphone? Yeah, you know, we, we, we can work on this. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about uh, your your match this uh, yesterday, I guess it was, um, the Syracuse match, right? Yeah. Um, First half, uh, you come out playing in a three-back, yeah. which I believe was the first time this year. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, it experiment as far as you know, kind of you know, wide play. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, you played really well in the first half. Um, it dominated the game. Scored a couple of goals. Yeah. Um, team looked really good. Yeah. Um, second half, you made a lot of a lot of substitutions. We did. Um, changed the system. Yep. Um, and I, and I wanted to ask about that decision. Was that decision, uh, made because of personnel? Uh, was it made, you know, sort of going into the game, we're going to play one, one half this way, one half, the second, uh, the second half this way, you know, what, what went into that decision without trying to give away too much about what your team's going to do in the future? Yeah, no, um, you know, I think we, we watched the Carolina game. No, Carolina was there on Thursday. And we watched how um, Syracuse defended against Carolina. And we figured that they would come back out. Again, it's a, it's a guessing game, isn't it? When you play a Thursday, when somebody plays on Thursday and then Sunday, you've got to, okay, what are the, how are they going to set up? So Kieran Hall, um, uh, our associate head coach, is, is just, he does a fantastic job. So he came, he came to me and said, hey, let's look at this formation. Let's look. We can, we can play with center backs. We can take Mia, who's our left back. And we've been playing Mia higher and higher as I left back as the year goes on. Um, they're playing a back five. They're playing a back five. So they were playing five, two, three. Um, and, you know, we, we still got numbers in the back. We're still 3v2. 
uh, against their forward. We, we had a diamond in the back, and we were 1v1 against our attacking midfielder. So we still had – and we had acres of space on the sides to attack. Um, and then a back five and their front two – and their two in front of the back five just set in. So we felt like we just really had to attack around them. And, you know, we were, we were very fortunate. Carolina took a lot out of them, I think. They, uh, they, defended, they defended a little bit better, I felt, against Carolina. But Mia Jow on the left-hand side got around them a couple times. And then she made some, some really good decisions. Instead of serving the longer ball, she took another touch, and she took a second touch, and she got really close to the near, to the near post. And we had some very good runs. Uh, and, and actually, the, the two goals that were scored, the first two goals, were secondary runs. It was our midfielders that were coming in. So we had our, our – our and we actually had our number 10 player who kind of slid in as a double striker against them since they had three center backs. We were looking for knockdowns and second balls. So um, so Maggie Graham, a freshman from Atlanta, was the first one, and she made a re- – everybody cleared out on our first runs, and Maggie found a seam, and Mia played across. So – uh, and, and did a great job. And, and those type of games, when they're falling back, you got to get those first goals. You know, we were fortunate. We got the first goal, and then we got the second goal. And at that point, we kind of broke their spirits, um, you know. And, and, and what we did in the second half is that we had a lot of younger players and players that we haven't played nearly as many minutes as we wanted to because we've been directly. First game was Wake Forest. Second game was Virginia. First game, next game was Wake Forest. And, you know, we couldn't get some of the younger players in. So instead of playing them in a three-back, we went to a four-back just to protect them, just to give them an extra cover back there, not let those younger players that, that are getting on the field playing, you know, really some of them for the first time all season, not putting in them in a, in a tough situation. They were, very, they were much more comfortable. So it was a personnel change. Um, you know, we, we do play a lot of players in our top six. Um, so we actually were playing a lot of players, but it was our back four that we, that we had some real younger players play. And so we wanted just to protect them. Well, I'm interested to see. Uh, I know you got Carolina coming up this weekend. Yeah. Interested to see if you decide uh, to stay the same way or or how you handle that because yeah. obviously they're such a handful up front. You know that you got to defend them with some kind of numbers. Yeah, no, no question. I, I, you know, I was listening to the game last night coming back on a plane, and I think the announcers were challenging us to uh, to play like that against Carolina. We have Carolina and Florida State coming up back to back. Yeah, I saw. I heard Richard Broad, you yeah. know, clearly saying, you yeah. know, Robbie needs to do this, Robbie needs to do that, you know, and exactly. he, he was pretty adamant about it. He, he was. I thought that was a challenge that over there to uh, that we would come out and play with them. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to take him up on that challenge. We'll start looking. <laughs> we'll start looking uh, at that tomorrow. But uh, you know, we'll have we'll have something up our sleeve for. We're you know we're really looking forward to it. Obviously, as we all know in college soccer, it's 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 a dynasty like no other. Just a cup. But I think it's the best dynasty in all of uh, college sports. Um, and we have a lot of respect for Anson. We have a lot of respect for their program. Um, you know, but it, it's great to have them right down the road. They're the best. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So, and there they are. And we haven't beat the best much, but uh, you know, we'll be out there on Friday night. Really, I, 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 this team is really, it's really coming together. We haven't given up a goal since they scored two goals within six minutes in the first half. Last time we played them, and then the match was really even after that. And I thought 18 to 18, we were actually the better team on the night, but they were definitely better than us in the boxes. They scored both of theirs on services, and we had some really good opportunities, but we just didn't finish. We had some a timely one that we, if we finished in the first five minutes, hmm, that may have been an, a, a different game. We didn't do it, so uh, hopefully we'll do it on Friday. 
You know, we, we hear these dinging, this dinging noise. I think it's Robbie's getting emails. So for some reason, I feel like it's Jim Wayne. Jim <laughs> Wayne knows you're being recorded right now, so he has to get in somehow. He's trying to find a way in. Uh, so he's sending you emails to interrupt the podcast. I think Jim that's Wayne knows how to use email. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I banned him. I told him I was uh, the guy from Algeria. That was, uh, <laughs> so uh, I think it was Jim Wayne from Algeria. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Robbie, real quick, uh, who is who is the nicer nicer assistant the last two you've had? Is it Irwin or is it Cameron? Who, who's nicer? <laughs> nicer? Well, you are putting me on the uh, – I mean, you know, look at me. This is why we've been successful. I have Bill, Billy Lassane. Yes. You know, I have Irwin, and I've got Kieran Hall. I mean, they're all – and then, Car- of course, Carla Overbeck. Carla has to be right. the answer. Yeah, yeah. Carla has to be the answer. Yes. Carla's been there the whole time, so there's the real yes. secret. And then, yes. like, yeah. our goalkeeper. I mean, we have a wonderful staff. They're just – Absolutely. And we get along well together, and we all work really, really well. And I, I think, you know, in, in college – I think that's important. You have a lot of voices. Nobody nobody dominates the boys because if they do, I think the kids will turn you off about the 1st of October Yeah, on a regular year. They're tired. You, you know, they've heard enough of you. Just like you talked about earlier on the podcast, why would you listen to us after hearing for a couple hours? And, and I think it's important you have, you know, really a quality staff and you share the responsibilities and the staff and, and those voices. And we actually, we actually talk about, okay, you talk during this time. I'll talk during this time. And you'll talk during this time. Um, you know, I, I do really believe that, especially as I get older and spending more years in this. Hey, Robbie, one, one real quick thing here. Can you, you know, I'm a Giants fan. Can you put a word into Daniel Jones? Tell him to throw the ball to our team every once in a while. You think you, you can have that conversation with him? I, I think so. I think we have a good inside connection with him too. Um, Don Donowski, our lacrosse coach, is uh, is a huge Giants fan too. Uh, mm-hmm. And he is always saying, can you tell Ruthie? He's a long island guy. He's a long guy. And can you tell Ruthie to tell Daniel? You know, we, we're in blue or we're in white this week. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a little bit like sometimes our players passing it to a player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know Irwin right. used to stand up a lot and, and scream, we're in blue today. You know, so, <laughs> okay. We may have to do that. <laughs> it's awesome, Robbie. Listen, hey, take a few minutes and just talk to us about uh, about Duke and your, and your experience there and, and just what your program, what your program is all about. Well, um, you know, at Duke, what it, it's it's you know it, it's unbelievable. Um, the young ladies that we get in the university, um, you know, what we sell is two things: we sell a world class education, also playing the best women's soccer conference in the country. We feel. I know a lot of people can debate that, but I think it's uh, you know I, I think it's a so we have to have a special person. We have to have somebody that really wants to be challenged academically and also wants to be challenged on the soccer field. Um, you know, if you if that's something you're looking at, man, Duke is something that really, really is is special because we'll do both. And, and you know, from a soccer standpoint, as a coach, we have to understand that. I mean, we can't go overboard. We can't go overboard too much athletics. You know, not enough academics or too much ac- academics and not enough athletics. We have to keep a real balance. Have to keep a real balance with it too. Um, you know, the young ladies that we've had. This is my twentieth year at Duke. It's just uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. And one of the things I really enjoy is not only the four years that we have the ladies with us, but what do they do after they leave Duke? The jobs are absolutely incredible. And you know, I'm not I'm not scared to say, how do you get this job? 
And how are you making this of money? Here I am, <laughs> years old, and I'm not even making this amount of money. And you know, they come back and say, "Hey, I'm a, I went to Duke, number one, and I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete." And that the doors that that opens up is is absolutely incredible. Hopefully, one day when I get old, and they'll send me back some of that money. Uh, but I, I doubt that. I doubt that will come. So it's been it's been an unbelievable experience. Um, our team this year is. I really, really, really like our team this year. They're, you know, they, again, as we talked about earlier, we finally decided to score, score goals. Now, hopefully that will happen the next couple of games too, and we continue that trend. But they're a team that's uh, – they're a good team. We're not a great team, yeah, but I, they want to be great. They want to work hard. I think we defend really well. I think we counter-press really well. We get our, our forwards really work hard, and we're hard, we're hard to score on. we got to play through all 11 of us to score goals. If we can just get a little bit more consistent up front – you know, who knows what's going to happen when we finish the, with the ACC tournament. I mean, we, you guys are already, and you were spot on outlining some of the teams in the um, in the tournament, um, you know. But to be good in this league, you've got to go through, you got to go through Carolina, you got to go through Florida State, you got to go through Virginia. And, you know, we, we haven't beaten those teams in the last couple of years. Um, you, know, you know, in 17, when we went to the final, the final four, you know, we, we had some good wins. So this is what's up next. We've got uh, is, is Carolina and Florida State. And so this is uh, – we're excited about the challenge. It's going to be a tough one, but, but we're really looking forward to Friday night in Chapel Hill. Really good, Robbie. Thank you. Chris? Well, I just want to wish you luck, Robbie. It's, uh, I've watched your team play, uh, you know, many times this season. I probably watched every game that, that you've played, and I'm glad now you're not going in overtime like you were early on. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just more I have to watch. But uh, it's, it's amazing. Like, you had this run going, right, where it was like every other game you were in overtime, wasn't it? Yeah. I, so our sports information director was sitting after our game at Boston College. He goes, we, we had been in over 20 – in the last 24 games, we had been overtime 12 times. So yeah. half the games wow. we had played. Well, you know, it's a shortened season. We want to play the whole year. So ah, we, there you go. There you go. <laughs> they, they, they eleven games, and they're taking away some now in the spring. So you know, why don't we get our money's worth? We're just going to play. We're just going to play a little extra, extra twenty. But we've been lucky. We scored a couple goals in overtime. Um, yeah. As of uh, before Sunday, we had two goals all of the first half and two goals in the first overtime. So we haven't done <laughs> We've only come to play in the second half in a yeah. lot. Yeah. Hey, Churchy, how's, how's COVID been for you? Like, how has your team handled it? Uh, we've, been, we've been unbelievable. Duke has been unbelievable, too. We test daily. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know that, uh, but we, we test daily, and I think that's great. Uh, obviously, I'm glad I'm not paying a bill. For, yeah, for P- PCR test? Uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, some swap. Yep, within, now, how's your nose doing? Uh, my right nostril is just <laughs> taking a beating, and it's a big, it's a big nostril too. It's a, it's a big nostril a but it, it is taking a beating. Um, but you know, we feel safe. I mean, you know, you know, every day that everybody is 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 uh, you know negative. You know, when we travel, uh, you know, we're traveling. We stay as a group. I think we can do some things that are a little bit different because every day we test. And every day we're, we're together. Um, you know, the traveling, that was the first time going to Boston College and going to Syracuse was really different last week, you know. We were quarantined to the hotel, especially we got in New York. We got in the state of New York, really could not leave the hotel, just go to the field practice, come back, had to have all the food brought into us. Um, I could barely go for a, I could barely go for a run. I had to sneak around with a run. 
to sneak a run outside of New York. So it's been interesting. We had the charter, uh, and again, there's another big there's another big expense. Every every player had to have their own room uh, on the road. Wow. Wow. We, go, we go from 15 rooms to 30 rooms now, uh, you know, drafts so the expense, the expense has, uh, and we have the same thing next two weeks when we go to Tallahassee and to Miami, we have, the oh, same. Wow. but we've been very fortunate. We haven't missed a training. We haven't missed a game. We haven't had anything piled yet. Um, with us, uh, Duke as a whole as a campus has reduced the, uh, the number of people on campus. We only have freshmen and sophomores on campus. Juniors, seniors are, you know, are um, virtual and, and they're either city or they're at home. Um, we, about about half of our team has one in-person class and the mm-hmm. rest of them are, are just on, online too. So I think our girls have done great. I think they really, really have handled everything. We've had a couple breakdowns like everybody has, um, one or two meltdowns. But uh, besides that, they, they've done well. And, and just, you know, right now playing well has been a great, great recipe for success here. Uh, you know, everybody's happy. We get a lot of people playing. We get a lot of people playing, a lot of people con- contributing. And, and, you know, we're, we're playing at a pretty high level right now. Do you have any uh, pizza in Syracuse? Yeah. The pizza in Syracuse is unbelievable, Churchy. Yes, I know. Um, yeah, we, we did. I, I had to get a burger the last time coming home. I told Carla uh, I had – Chicken palm waiting for me on the flight. I was Carla. This is my fourth Italian meal that I've been gone over here. I cannot bring me. I said, I've got to take my order to a burger. Give me some meat over here. So, uh, well, I've changed it. But, uh, yeah, I did, have, I did have one of my three Italian meals for pizza. Nice. Yeah, then it was, it's nice. very, very good. Good. Uh, listen, Robbie, thanks so much for coming on College Soccer Nation. We appreciate it. You've been fantastic as we knew you would be. Um, you know, the stories are great. The You know, we're just so impressed with you and your program, what you have done over the years. It's it's great to call you a friend, and you do a great job. Really, 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 really thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot, Robbie. Good luck to you, bud. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for the friendship, all of you. Take care. See ya. Okay, College Soccer Nation, downloaded Stitcher podcast. Give us a five-star review. I think, uh, Chris, we could have a new leader in the clubhouse uh, when uh, time comes here in the next couple of days. I thought he was, uh, he was fantastic and not surprising. Really good. Re- re- really good. I mean, you know, he, he can tell a story for sure. Yeah. Right? And he makes you laugh. You know, and he makes yeah. you laugh. And, and as we know, he's a fantastic coach and has done a fantastic job. Yeah, just a just a great guy, great guy. And I'm not kidding you. When you when you see him out on the recruiting trail, you, I don't know how he recruits. There's people around him nonstop. Every game, every field. It's like I said. I always feel bad even talking to him because I know he's trying to get some work done. But well, why don't you leave him alone now? Let him do his work. <laughs> I can't do that. I give him a snack. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the last segment here. Uh, the big games coming up this week. Obviously, we talked about the first one a little bit. Yeah, Duke and North Carolina. You know, great rivalry. Um, Obviously, two very, very good teams. They've, they've played once already. Robbie referenced that. I watched that game. Duke was certainly in that game and certainly was competitive. And, you know, it, it's a lot about, you know, can Duke handle those front players in North Carolina? Can can Duke handle the waves of players that, that they throw at you? And then, you know, can Duke score? You know, can, mm-hmm. can they get some goals against them and 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 really kind of put, put North Carolina under pressure? So I think that's a big one. Um Florida and, and South Carolina. Hey, let me just say something about Duke Carolina real quick. The nice thing I think for, for Robbie and his team is they play them so often, right? So there's not that 
concern about, oh, I'm playing Carolina, right? They're, they know it's a game. It's a game they're going to be in. They know it's going to be close. And, you know, some teams go and fold when they play Carolina because of the name and the dynasty like you referenced. But but Duke is up for it every time they play him for sure, and they've had some great battles through the years. So Yeah, um, I agree. It's, it it's, it's a two-goal lead. It's a two-goal lead when you play Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. two-goal lead just because of the name that's on their jersey. And I remember having to say to my team, you know, like, look, Mia Hamm's not showing up today. Like, you know, we don't have to worry about playing her, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, they got plenty of other ones. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there, there certainly is a, an intimidation factor there that I, I think Duke certainly is over. You know, that's yeah, not something that, that they face. Uh, so in the SEC, um, Florida and South Carolina, uh, a big game for for the East, right, in determining who's, who's going to win the East. South Carolina, a little bit of control right now. Uh, Florida having kind of in uh, a little bit of a rocky season. Uh, Deanne Rose has been hurt. She did get on late in the game yesterday. Um, I, but it's a game Florida really needs at this point. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, the East and West, both sides are coming down here the next couple games. And, you know, like you guys talked about, the top four seeds are really, really important down at the beach to have a chance to, to help have a chance to win the tournament. So uh, big, big game for sure. And then the big 12, it's TCU and Kansas, you know, TCU has been rolling along, um, scoring goals, um, Really, really, they've looked good, and I think I feel I feel like I've said that every week. And we talked about the big win that Kansas has had. Kansas has, has put themselves um, in a position where where they have a chance to win the title as well. So this is another one of those games. Like if you want to win the league, this is probably a game you have to win. Yeah, and I think Kansas, you know, they don't they do not give up much. Obviously, defensively, they've been really, really good and and keeping people out of the board. And um, no, I think you're looking at a great game in that that game. Some really good players and um, should be really interesting. Great game. Yeah, I think that's it. Th- those are the ones we'll be okay. looking at. And we'll be watching. Good. All right, let's go to uh, everybody's favorite topic: the Power Five uh, topic this week. We're going with uh, Power Five top game shows. I don't know if I have a zinger, but I've got some good ones. I feel like my list is good again, as it always is. Um, probably much better than yours, but I went old, I went new. I kind of, I kind of spread it all around. But I, I do have to give credit. It's hard for me to give him any credit, but uh, BB offered this. But part of the reason he offered it, Chris, is because when we go on the bus, he always wants to watch the stupid game show network. Have you ever seen the show? Say America says no. It's the stupidest show you've ever seen, and he loves it. And he tries to play it. So one of the questions was just real quick. You got to answer these questions. I give you like the first letter, and the 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 uh, the question was like name the top five tropical hot spots, tropical places, or whatever. So the letter was A. You want to know what what he said? <laughs> Alaska. And he kept screaming Alaska at the TV. At the TV, I'm like Beebs, It's tropical. How is Alaska? And the other thing he does, the girls will. We're on the bus. The girls will yell the names, like the answers, and he'll start yelling them. You, you know, he doesn't have his own ideas. He starts yelling them. So he's yelling out what the girls are saying. The girls are smart, obviously, so they're getting yes. them right. But he's, he's taking the credit it. for it. Yeah, because yeah, he's sure. screaming out of But America says it's the stupidest show. No offense. To he has to be. I, I, what did you think? There's about seven people who watch it. Is that what the audience is? I mean, it's unbelievable. It's not as many as we have downloading our podcast. That that is for sure. That is for sure. All right, let's do it. Number five, number five. Ready? Yep. It is the, uh, it's original name was the hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Ah, now they just call it pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I like that show. I actually I considered that on my list. It's it's a good one. You know, it's stressful. It's a stressful game because they're so close and they're right there. Like it. That's a good. That's a good one. I'll give you credit for that. Oh, one. Thanks, I like that. Man. I almost made thanks, almost man. made my list. My number five, one of my all times favorite. It is dating me a little bit, a little bit older, um, showing my age, but the Gong Show. Oh, see, I I had that one, but you know why I didn't put it on there? Because you were going to tell me how old I was if I put it on there. <laughs> so I chose not to. I try to avoid good. the abuse. Yes, it's good. I like it. It was. Funny. It does. Gigi yeah, when variety. Gigi comes out and does yeah, the yeah. dance, yeah. yeah, yeah Chuck Berry, good. yeah, it's it's yeah, good. it's good. All right, number four for you. Number four. This is a classic. Uh, it's going to be on everybody's list. Wheel of Fortune. Ah, uh, that's my number four too. Yeah, great one. How does uh, Vanna White still say Vanna White over all these years is amazing, but yeah, um, I haven't, really I haven't good watched it in 15 years, but yeah. It's, no, it's, you know, the pizza place I go to, for some reason I'm in there all the time when it's on, so it's always on in the pizza shop. My wife is fantastic at Wheel of Fortune. Oh, good. Yeah, man, I know. It's crazy. But, all right, let's go on. We like that one. All right, number three. This Number is, three, gonna I'm going to throw you the softball that you've been waiting for. Here it comes, Maddie. Jeopardy. Stupid. It's a terrible yes, show. I know it. What do you mean it's, it's terrible? terrible show. It, it, look, that show's been around since 1964. Just because no, you can't answer the question doesn't terrible, make it stupid. But here's my issue with it. Yes, that's <laughs> what I'm going to – no, that's what I was going to say. It makes us all feel stupid. Like, it's 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 made Not all of us, to make Matt. you feel bad. Of yeah, most of us. Most of us. I feel, I'm, I don't watch it because I can't understand – I don't understand any of the questions. I don't even know what they're talking about. The final Jeopardy, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, you know, older – I've never gotten Final Jeopardy right one time in my life. Like, it's no fun. You don't fun. know There's anything about, about Roman that. architecture? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that just, I can't believe you put that on your list. That's I put it on there for you. That's not what I put on for you. I really wasn't going to put it on, but you had said to me, oh, if you say Jeopardy, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. So I wanted to give you the opportunity. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, number three for me, much better. Press your luck. Remember that game? No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Oh, my God. And the thing spins that's around, crazy. and you hit it, and it, it, <laughs> if it falls on a whammy, they had a little <laughs> thing, and you lost. I do remember it, yeah. No so whammies, Chris. pops up, yeah. It's really yeah, tough. yeah, absolutely. Great that show. One, that game is childish. It's childish. It's not either. I mean, yeah, here we go. Kikorian, tell me my food list was, if he was a child, he would have liked my dessert list. Yes. Now my game show list. Me ch- no, great <laughs> show. Fun, entertaining. Somebody's up to like 10 grand, and all of a sudden they hit a whammy, boom, lose all their money. Good show. You all like right. that, huh? The people losing their money. You like that? Oh, no. But the, the show, game show. All right, Chris, number number two. Uh, well, this one uh, reminds me of you, Matt. The weakest link. <laughs> oh, the producer's giving a thumbs down. So am I. It, it was a bit much. I, I That's a crappy it, British but... import. Oh, there you go. There you no, have it. There you I have mean, it. Producer agrees with me. great when, when she goes, you are the weakest link. It's, it's yeah, the best thing. It's only in, good in part of the show. show. It's only good part of the show. It's, it's it was kind of weird. I don't know. My number two is a classic. Everybody loves it. Family Feud. Yeah, it's, it's good, Chris. It's uh, good. It's funny. The new guy that's on it. What's his name? The guy. Yeah, that's it's on better it. now. It's he's better. Now. No, Richard yeah. Dawson was good. He Steve Harvey. Steve yeah. Harvey. Yes, yes, it's good. Actually, my we can't put in the top five. No, I cut I cut out the game show network from my TV package because we were paying too much. My son Dean get, got all mad at me because he didn't have the game show network for Family Feud. You can believe that it's a bit much. But anyway, now Family Feud number two. All right, and here we go. Something tells me we have the same one. I don't. Either one so. of us said it yet. All right, who, what do you got? Who wants to be a millionaire? 
See, that was in my list of possibilities. It is good. It is good. It is good. I, I give you that. I enjoyed it only because it's another show that made you feel stupid. If you didn't know the no, the, answers, the, the, but the, phone all, the beginning was cool. questions are really easy. Like you could get those. Come on, <laughs> like the, the five hundred, like the one hundred dollar question. Like yeah, sure, sure. You know I what I mean? Like yeah, you can get the easy ones. Come on. Um, no, I like the show. That it was in my consideration. Oh, my I mean, like like show. the first question they they asked something like you know how much is a nickel worth? You, I mean, you could get that right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Number one show for me, without question, the, the, the standby, the greatest, every other game show should be measured up to the price is right. Oh my God. What are you, oh my God, about the price it's is by right. far. It yes. jumped the shark uh, so long ago. It did. Oh, that's wrong. That's it, just wrong. No, that, no. It's that, still on every it's day. A, at it's 11. a stupid show. It's I watched it at my I watched watch it at my barber shop. Whenever I go to my barber shop, it's on eleven o'clock. They it's roll great. that big wheel. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely. It's just goofy. Yeah. Yo, and all you got to do is you throw out a number, yodling. and if you if you're close, you the, win. They got the guy going up the mountain yodeling, yodeling. It takes yodling. no skill. Yes, it does. You have to pick the prices. What yeah, if you just guessing? just guessing. If you get within a hundred dollars, you get both showcases. How oh awesome my is god, that? both showcases! <laughs> like, like two hundred grand or something. Man, maybe fifty grand. But still, you could go to Italy and you could go to all the Paris. It's a fantastic oh my show. God, it's a That's it's a lot better really than like you. <laughs> it's a lot better than Jeopardy. I tell you that. No, a lot better than Jeopardy. No. All right, that's enough on that. All right, let's yep. move on. Yankees update season any press conference you want to talk about? Yeah, season any press conferences. So um, the owner, Al Steinbrenner, does press conference. Brian Cashman, mm-hmm. the GM, Aaron Boone, they all do their own press conferences. Hal, like his dad always did, he apologizes to the fans. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you, I'm getting sick of the apologies. I'd rather see the trophies. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, again, yeah. every year it's like I get an apology. I don't want an apology, I want a trophy. Okay. Cashman comes out. He says it wasn't good enough. We're going to do better. You know, just a bunch of blabber. And then Boone goes out and and uh, protects his players, right, which mm-hmm. he should do and that kind of yeah. thing. Look, the last four years, you know, they're knocked out. Now two of those years, the Astros were cheating, right? Mm-hmm. But, you right. know, the Red Sox weren't and the Rays weren't. And, you know, it's disappointing. You know, it's it's been disappointing. And, you know, they're at a point now where they need more pitching. They need – they need starters. They need bullpen help. Uh, help. Now, Boone really only trusted three relievers they had, and now there's some questions at catcher. Gary Sanchez was so bad this year, and even questions with Glaber. You know, can he play shortstop? And um, they got to resign DJ Lemayu, and so they got a lot of work to do to get themselves back in this thing. And it is um, it is tough watching Tampa, you know, playing in the World yeah. Series. It is. I mean, could be worse. Could be the Red Sox, but. Yeah. No, those little pesky guys. It's the only way it's best. It's yeah. the only way it'd be worse. They, they've figured it out, those guys in Tampa. They've done a great job, and honestly, I can't really watch it. Yeah, I'm not either. I won't watch one pitch. All right, Matt, tell pitch. us some uh, – give us a, yeah, a barbecue, barbecue. So, this last two times, I haven't been uh, I, I haven't been happy with my recipe, so I went a little bit deeper today. I'm going to go on with your uh, baby back ribs um, and kind of the way that I like to do it. I stole the recipe from – a couple of different people in the, the rubs, but uh, I, I've done them. I just did them the other week and they came out great. So I'm just going to run you through a quick couple steps on how to do it the right way. In my opinion, um, step one, 
get the get the quality baby back rib wherever you can go to find them they should not if you're paying four or five dollars for a rack it's not quality so it's got to be in the 15 dollar range to, to make it really quality in my opinion uh, but take the membrane off the back so that every, every rib has a membrane you can use a little sputter knife get it popped up and then use a paper towel rip off the rest of the back then you want to take a little this is before you get the grill going obviously you want to get a little mustard on it it's kind of keeps the rub on so put mustard on both sides uh, rub it in, uh, put your whatever rub you like. I'm, I would recommend Killer Hog Barbecue. If you're not used that, try that out. Uh, but barbecue all over it, tap it in so it's in good. Let that rest. Now go get your grill ready. You want your grill smoker preferably somewhere around 225. Try and keep it at 225. Cherry wood works really good if you're using that kind of smoker or pellet grill, something like that. Get it to 225. Bring your ribs out. If you have a rib rack and you stand them up, that's uh, – I would – I would recommend that. Otherwise, put them bone side down, um, put them on the grill. They're going to go about two hours every 30 minutes or so. Open it up real quick. Give it a little spritzer with a little apple juice, maybe apple cider combo. Give it a little spritzer. Um, after two and a half hours, take them out. Uh, or sorry, after two hours, take them out. You want to, you want this, and this is the trick, and this is what makes it quality. You want to have aluminum foil. On that aluminum foil, you want to put a little line of your rub, about the length of what the rib is. You want to put a little um, brown sugar. You want to put a little honey. Um, and you want to put a little margarine, so like a like a parquet margarine. Put that on there. Put the rib on it kind of face down so the bones would be up. Wrap it up nice and tight, maybe two layers of, of foil so it's nice and tight. Put it back on. The smoker for 225 for another two hours. Take it off. You're going to have a really nice color in that rib. But it's going to be liquefied in there now, so be careful when you take it out. You're going to have some liquid in there. Uh, drain that out. Take the rib out of the wrap. There should be a little um, of the bone sticking out. Put the ribs back on the uh, back on the smoker without the aluminum foil on it for another thirty to forty-five minutes until you see those bones really start to pull back um, from from the top. And uh, take them out if you if you're going to eat them. Give it about fifteen minutes to let them rest. Um, if you've got a your dinner party or something, you're waiting later to eat. You can wrap them back in aluminum foil. Put them in a towel. Put them in a cooler, and they'll last in there hour two maybe even three hours they'll still be hot when you take them out cut them and you know you did it right if they can you can kind of pull the meat off the bone but also if you take a bite and there's a little snap chris you want a little snap uh, when you take that bite from that rib so that's how i recommend barbecue ribs um again if you want more information we can go a little deeper into it you know send me an email give me a call happy talking about it but that's uh, a rib i like malcolm from killer barbecue is really the guy that I trust and I follow him step by step. If you follow him online, uh, he'll give you all the answers. But that is your how to cook baby back ribs quickly. That sounds great. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm ready for dinner. Me too. Time to wrap this thing up, right? Um, let's uh, certainly thank our producer, Darren Mott. Uh, tune into the Cyber Guy, uh, CYBUR, his podcast and the podcast talking about cybersecurity. Download our show, please, at College. Uh, College Soccer Nation, you can download it there. You can download it in a Podbeam. You can download it on Stitcher and Apple iTunes. Anywhere you can get podcasts, this baby's out there. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Great guests. Um, are we lined up for next week, Chris? I don't know. Our booker is is just not getting getting the information to us early <laughs> early enough. <laughs> I get it. Uh, I don't know if we can talk today, though. I mean, Robbie was fantastic. Yeah, uh, boy, he was. But we'll really do we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Yeah, we appreciate him and the, and Duke and and that was great. And Brian was good again as well. So anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Give us five stars if you like it, and we'll be back next Monday. Chris, have a great week. All right, Matt. We'll see you. 
If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Ma, you can reach them at chris at collegesoccernation.com or matt at collegesoccernation.com. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and produced by Darren Mott.